Patrick Kamiski. I am joined by Premier Amp and Brandon Suarez. It is time to talk a little Bears football as we'll get you ready for week three. A little Monday night football action as the Bears travel down to our nation's capital to take on the Washington Redskins. But first, and as always, gentlemen, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I don't know about Brandon over there. Uh, I know we're going to get into the injury report, but we <laughs> may have an additional injury to the Bears on tap squad, as well as the normal Bears uh, roster. Uh, Brandon, so, unfortunately, what do we got for you today on this injury report? All right, so where to start? So Sunday, obviously, for lack of better words, I was a little bit overly excited because we were all staring 0-2 right in the face. And, uh, yeah, after that kick went through the uprights, we recorded a little bit later that night. And since that moment, I have been a little under the weather. Don't know if it was the altitude from my family room to the game. Uh, but, yeah, definitely been toast all week. Missed a couple classes. Not my usual forte. Like, I get sick, like, once a year. But uh, I guess for the love of the game, like, we got the W. A little sick afterwards. Honestly said that to the fucking nurse at the little emergent care place because I was, like, coughing up a bunch of stuff and i'm just like yeah i don't know if i have strep or whatever so went to get that checked out no strep zone but eddie narrow confirmed made me sick after this weekend so so real quick i just have to put it out it's not mono though you haven't been around sam darnold at all all right so also <laughs> let me get further into the injury report i gotta get my wisdom teeth removed so my Ooh. jaw my jaw was super swollen so i'm watching monday night football doing homework and i'm like bro do i have mono right now and i'm like you know i got a girlfriend it's you know i'm not a you know not a woman or none of that you know one woman don't think she would have it and i was uh i was a little paranoid and once i found out that it's just i'm falling apart over here got the wisdom teeth a little sick confirmed not mono confirmed not sam darnold so that's just all jacked up yeah, all I got to say is at least the Bears give you an additional day to rest up and cure up for this Monday night matchup. And uh, with that, Pat, what do we got going ahead here? Yeah, so let's kind of jump right into it, guys. It is Monday night football. Um, 
I don't know if Monday Night Football still holds the same seam that it used to. I don't know that it does to me. I don't know about you guys, but at the end of the day, it is Monday Night Football. It's national television. It's prime time, baby. Um, you know what? I think Monday Night Football went downhill when Gruden left it, but that's just me. Um, so, but looking into it, a uh, little, little Monday Night action. Last time the Bears were on Monday Night Football was last season. Um, believe that was week two last year when they took on Seattle. That one was at Soldier Field, and they won it 24-17. to 17. Um, If you remember it, that was kind of like just a huge coming-out party for the defense. You had the Amukamara pick six, Khalil Mack went nuts, all that good stuff. Um, so maybe we can get a little bit more of that. Um, one thing to look at, too, with this is it's another primetime game, uh, second in the first three weeks of the season for the Bears. Apparently, America loves us, so uh, we're going to keep trotting them out there in primetime. Hasn't always been great for Mitch. Um, it came across a stat today that Mitchell Trubisky in primetime football, it, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is 3-6. to six. So that's uh, that's six interceptions to three touchdowns. Uh, not great, you know. We kind of see that Mitch sometimes plays to the pressure, and it does have a tendency to get to him. But uh, before we kind of get into Mitch's struggles, because that's probably going to be the theme of this season, guys, w- we kind of hit it on it a lot. Do you guys still like Monday Night Football? Is that still a thing for you guys? Yeah, I love Monday Night Football. So for me... Um... I usually jerk on the weekends, so for whatever reason, I've been able to, this is the third week in a row, I was able to get to watch the Bears game. Obviously, with it being on Monday night, I don't have anything conflicting with that. And also, from a fan football standpoint, too, I love having a guy going on Monday night, trying to get you that extra boost to get you the W as far as fantasy football goes, and it's just a football game to watch, so why not? So... For me, I would just say I, I don't like either one of them. I don't like Monday nights, and I really don't like Thursday night games anymore. I feel like they've kind of lost their flavor, and most of the time I hate saying this since our Bears are on Monday night football this week, and we have a couple Thursday night games later in the year. I just feel like they're very lackluster games, and they're very boring for the most part, and that's kind of a letdown. I'm hoping, hoping that this is a little different for us on Monday night, though. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there, Aaron. Um, I, th- I think a lot of times it's weird that you would think ESPN would kind of want, you know, good games on Monday Night Football. It's obviously Sunday Night Football on NBC usually gets, you know, most of the time the game of the week. Um, and it seems like a lot of times Monday Night games are just two crap teams going at it. And the way the Bears have been playing this year and the, the way the Redskins are looking, this isn't exactly a a world beater of a game, but you know, maybe it can be a bit of a coming out party for the bears as, cause as we look into the opponent this week and the Washington Redskins, uh, I would say that, you know, definitely not as good as green Bay and probably not quite as good of a team as the Denver Broncos. You're going in there, you're going into Washington, obviously, you know, there's no such thing as an, a super easy road game in the NFL, but, you know, you would rather play Washington than some of these other teams in the league. Um, so far on the season, Washington is 0-2 after a week one loss to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, where they lost 32-27 to and then a week two loss to the Dallas Cowboys where they lost 31-21. Uh, you know, they played a couple competitive 
games against a couple of good football teams. So maybe that they're they're not going to be someone that you'll walk all over like you might think. Um, they have a new quarterback there in Washington in Case Keenum. Uh, they did lose their starting running back Darius Geis to an to an injury. He's going to be out for a while. He's certainly not going to play on Monday night. Uh, but gentlemen, uh, what are your thoughts on the Redskins? I think I think there's some mixed things out there. Some people think the Bears are going to roll, and some people think that the Bears. You know, some people are saying that maybe we shouldn't look over Washington. How do you guys feel about that? So what I wanted to say real quick is when the NFL came up with the schedule, I would like to ask who the hell decided to put the Bears versus the Redskins on a Monday night game because I don't know what you were trying. It really makes absolutely no sense uh, for that to be a primetime game. I would expect it to be a team with some stature out in their division, and really Washington doesn't have that. Um, but as for Washington, I, I mean, I'm not overlooking them because there are some pieces. There are actually two, two pieces that scare the daylights out of me because they have walked all over us the last several years in our own division, and that is Case Keenum, and that is Mr. Adrian Peterson still running strong. I'm afraid. Uh, I mean, he hasn't done much. He didn't do much in week two, but something just tells me it's like he's going to see Chicago walk into, you know, into Washington, and he's going to be like, oh, you know what? I remember what I used to get, do against this team. I don't even care what defense they have now. Um, and, and Keenum's going to be another Joe Flacco this week. So expect a lot of these short throws. I mean, I'm hoping we get a a double touchdown win, you know, two you know, two touchdown win, but I don't know. It's gonna end up being closer than people truly expect this week. Yeah, and Keenum's a gunslinger, bro. He's gonna be throwing it all over the yard trying to test that defense. The secondary is gonna have a busy day. As far as Adrian Peterson goes, I don't know. You know, I think he will have a chance. He'll probably get in the 10 to 20 K range, but I don't know how much they're going to be able to expect from him from a workload standpoint. Um, but as far as the offense goes, like if Kim is able to get into a rhythm early, it, it could be something that the game could come down to the wire. Like Keenum is not, you know, a great quarterback. He's found work over the last few years, you know, whether it be uh, Minnesota or Denver. Now he landed himself here in Washington, and he's starting over a first-round draft pick on Dwayne Haskins. So I think the the offense, obviously, due to injury, um, is, you know, not up to par, but they do. You know, they have Vernon Davis. They got Paul Richardson over there. Um, and I believe Wendell Small with Chris Thompson in the backfield, too. So they have a lot of pass-catching backs. So it's one of those things where you're going to have to keep your eyes out for all of the variables because they're not one of those offenses that has, you know, like one star player. It's a lot of, you know, role players that contribute to get Keenum to where he's at after two games with 600 yards and five touchdowns with no interceptions. So, Yeah, absolutely. Some good points all around, you know. It's... So one thing that, you know, people look at this Washington team and they think they're not that good, but, you know, their offense has actually been pretty decent this year. You know, their offense is ranking, uh, excuse me, losing it there, 10th uh, in points per game so far. So, you know, they've been putting some points up. And Dallas and Philly, those aren't exactly two defenses that are terrible. You know, they're not like, you know, top defenses in the league, but Philly has that great front four. And Dallas, Dallas had a pretty good year defensively last year. So, you know, 
Case Keenum surprising some people, and he's putting some points on the board. And like you guys said, he uh, he always find he's one of those quarterbacks who just finds his way. He led the Vikings to uh, you know a playoff run there two seasons ago, so probably not someone you should he should take lightly. Obviously, he's going to be up a big against a bigger test this this week with the Bears. But, uh, you know, we can kind of dive right into this matchup like a little in depth here. If we first kind of look at, excuse me, if we first look at the Bears offense going against the Skins defense, if we kind of change pace there, here are two units, the two units that have really struggled this year so far is the Bears offense struggling and the Redskins defense struggling. So if there's, you know, if there's one positive that we can look at, it's if the Bears offense is going to break out against someone, it's it should probably be this Washington Redskins team. They have struggled defensively. Uh, they are 30th in yards allowed per game. They are 25th in passing yards allowed per game. So hopefully maybe Mitch can get it going a little bit. Uh, you look at their first two games, they have already given up three touchdown passes of 50 yards or more. They gave up two to the Eagles, both going to Deshaun Jackson. And then they gave up one to Dallas last week, too. So, you know, one thing that the Bears really need to get going is their vertical passing game. They need to stretch out the field. And that's something that Washington's been giving up quite a bit this year. You know, they're playing a little tighter coverage. And if you, if, you know, if one of their corners gets beat and maybe Allen Robinson could be someone who can take the top off the defense this week, the Bears can attack down the field. It's just going to be a match to make the throw. Uh, looking diving even deeper into their defense, they are 31st in rushing yards allowed, and then they have given up the. They are tied for 30th in points allowed per game. They've been giving up 31 and a half points per game through two games this year. Again, small sample, small sample size, but you know they haven't performed well, and this should be somewhere where the Bears should should come out and you know attack them. Obviously, the Bears' offense hasn't been good, too. They're kind of ranking in the same spots as that Skins' defense. But what do you guys think? What are you guys looking uh, to get out? What are you guys looking to get out of the Bears' defense this week? You know, something has to give because both units have been bad. So who are some key players, some key matchups, and uh, guys you're looking to break out? So I wanted to ask real quick because I actually went back and I was, I was re-watching the Washington versus – Dallas game uh, from this last weekend, and did they count the one um, interception? Oh no, I'm sorry. You know what? Now that I say that, that was actually uh, Washington that picked it off. That was yeah. That would be why I was gonna say I was like, man, Keenum. I thought Keenum had one pick, but uh, I think this is the week where Keenum gets a pick. I mean, we'll, we'll go with that front then. I just think that's that's something we got to see this week. We need to see some turnovers. Um, but so you're saying on the side of the offense, uh, there, Pat. Right? What do we got for some players yeah, that need Bears, to show up? The Bears' offense. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Montgomery will be a big play this week because he's kind of. I mean, he's obviously a downtick from who they played last week, but he's almost as patient um, and you know shifty as Ezekiel Elliott. So I think he can be somebody that you would see get a lot of work this week. Also, I. Pray to God we get some something from Anthony Miller this week because uh, going back and watching that Dallas and Washington game, you just see that Dallas would go after, you know, they had all three of their receivers involved pretty much, which would be, you know, or actually four. They had Gallup, Cobb, um, 
you know, Cooper and the um, the one guy that scored that big 50-yard bomb. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I know it was Devin, Sm- Devin Smith, I believe, right? Yeah, Devin um, Smith it was. So I just feel like watching over their game, you know, and you want to know the player that got burned a lot? Josh Norman. Not saying to attack Josh Norman, but I'm saying maybe father time has finally hit Josh Norman a little bit and he's a little step slow. He could be uh, had. Yeah, he could be had. And I feel like their safety coverage uh, isn't top notch. So I feel like, like you said, take the top off the defense, um, but get to the point where you need to, you know, attack them where they fault, you know, where their faults are, which is up the middle of the field and get some guys open. You know, maybe you have to do some play action to it and get Mitch rolling out. And another thing I want to admit is also, um, I don't want to say always run, but maybe Mitch needs to run a little bit this week more because, you know, Dak had a big run against them, and I think that's an area you can expose Washington even more. Um, Brandon, what do you what do you see with that? So, yeah, I'm, I'm of the same mindset. So you actually, you know, looking at the injury report, you got two corners on the injury report is questionable for this weekend in Fabian Morrow and Quentin Dunbar. Ooh, Morrow is? Yeah, Morrow is, yeah. But uh, Josh Norman is an aggressive, you know, man coverage corner. So every day has its day, and Josh Norman, you know, over the last couple of years, say fallen from grace, but you can get Josh Norman out of his game. If you have a receiver that's quick enough in and out of his route, you've seen some of the battles that he had with guys like Odell Beckham. Not saying we got anyone on the roster that's like Beckham. But he's 31 now. He's not the same athlete he was when he was running around in Carolina. You know, we should be able to attack the secondary landing. Collins, in the, you know, at the third level at the safety position, never been a good co- uh, cover safety. And then you guys bring up a good point with the front line. Too. It's There's nothing really on this defense that stands out, whether it's on paper or on film. They don't have the star power to be an impact unit for this team. I do believe, you know, this week – is an opportunity, not necessarily to be a coming out party, uh, but you know, for Mitch, he's got to definitely get in tune with his receivers and his tight ends, and hell, even uh, running backs catching passes out of the backfield because we cannot go into Minnesota with Mitch looking like he is against that defense. I don't know how you guys feel about that defense, but personally, in my opinion, the Vikings have a lot of playmakers on that defense. And judging even just from the games that we played against them last year, both of them were tight. And at the end of the day, we need Mitch to carry us to those divisional games. We're already down one in the division column. So so what I was just going to say really quick looking at it, too, is just that, you know, I think this, like you said, this is a big week that Mitch, maybe like you said, not coming out party, but this is a week to solidify and get comfortable. We've been saying this for a few weeks. It takes about four weeks to really you know, get back into the rhythm of everything. And I think this is a perfect week three matchup for this team to get everybody back on the same um, page pretty much. And the other trend I noticed with Washington watching that game was these defensive backs and everything are very handsy and they're also willing to jump the gun on a lot of plays. So I feel as if you can expose that, you know, you got some young players there that they want to make something happen and they're going to miss something or they're going to get handsy and they're going to get a flag. So that right there is a perfect opportunity for Allen Robinson to expose a a DB or, you know, Mitch to get somebody slipping on something. Just get back into the game mold. And also remember, if you see Adrian Peterson in the backfield, 
just make sure if he rolls out to go catch a pass, he's not going anywhere. But if you see Chris Thompson, it's kind of like what the Bears were last year. If you saw Cohen, you knew he was going to catch it. If you saw Howard, yeah, you knew it was either a run or the kid was blocking. So just know your person, you know, your you know, you know your personnel and see who's back there and you'll be able to tell kind of what's going to happen. And I think they like to throw a lot out there in Washington right now. Yeah. And also another defensive note for the uh, Redskins, they did actually sign Noah Spence. So they're working oh. on getting working on getting him on the 53 man roster for Monday. Uh, but it's, you know, as far as the defense goes for, for Washington, I I think it's a good opportunity. You know, if Mitch comes into this game and drops another egg, I, I'm not going to be the one to say it, but I'm definitely going to allude to it, is it's probably time to start looking at other options. And, and, maybe, to... and maybe early, but if you can't, if you can't, you know, Monday Night Football, the whole world watching, that shit's going to crush his, his confidence, all that. Mitch is a great kid. That's one of the things that I've thought from the jump is, he has the aura, he has the personality, he can be a leader, but part of being a leader, and I said last week, is you have to be able to perform on the field. I don't know if you guys have ever been on a sports team, football, baseball, basketball, where you had someone that was talking all that rah-rah shit, but when it came time to play, they couldn't do shit. They couldn't do a damn thing on the field. So you're going to listen to someone that, you know, in the huddle, hyping you up, doing this, doing that, but is getting trucked over you know, the next play. It's, it's it's one of those things. So, I mean, they said a lot this week that Chase, you know, that I've heard the spiel that Chase Daniel is the one that calms him down. So I think Mitch just needs to get back to last year. Where, he just needs to be Mitch. He just needs well, to be yeah, Mitch. Yeah, but he needs to get back to last year where he, I mean, he I don't see him on it anymore, but, you know, he stays away from social media. He stays away from caring about what, he, what anybody says and just be Mitch. Go out there, hype up your team. But go out there and perform. I mean, yeah. that's that's all it is. Go out there and perform. I think I think part of it from just from watching him and and studying some you know some aspects of sports like sports psychology. I honestly think he just gets in his own head. Like he knows he's capable. He's done it. Not you know not to the sample size that we'd like you know or that Comiskey would like or you would like. But he's showed us signs of greatness. Hell. Even that play at the end of the game against the Broncos, you know, the mental fortitude and the awareness to get that timeout off with one second left, to give Pinheiro the chance to kick that field goal meant a lot. Because if he doesn't do that, refs are running into the locker room games. By the way, I do want to mention really quick before I kick this over to Pat, I went back and looked at that play and they're showing it a lot now. But I also give a ton of credit to Allen Robinson for diving at the leg of, I don't know which defender it was, but he dove at yeah. his leg to make sure he made contact to stop the clock. Yeah, that, that was a heads-up move. That is a heads-up, bona fide veteran play. Kudos to him. His Madden update for this week's going to be 99 in awareness. <laughs> I I don't disagree because that's, that's a ballsy play. Like, beautiful, beautiful job. Yeah, it was, it was great. And, you know, like you guys said, this – as for this week with the offense, and especially with Mitch, this is an opportunity to build some confidence, like what you brought up, Brandon. You got to get it rolling for Minnesota because that is a good defense in Minnesota. They get after you. Harrison Smith just sits back there and is going to be waiting for Mitch to make mistakes. So this is a good week to put some points on the board, and get get in the end zone for sure, and uh, build some confidence Please, for Mitch. Jesus, get yeah. in the end zone. Get in the end zone. 
build some confidence for Mitch because he needs it. He needs it moving forward. We're you know we're going to hit a stretch here. Got to get him rolling. So, but turning it over to the other side, uh, let's look at. Excuse me. Let's look at the Bears defense going up against Washington's offense. You know, a complete other tale of the tape for uh, for the Bears. Their defense has been phenomenal. Where their offense has struggled, what else is new? It's been like that through the entire history of the Chicago Bears. But as we look into it, uh, the Redskins' offense has been, you know, a little bit, a little bit weird. They have so in, you know, in yards, just in yards, total yardage, they're 25th in the league. But in passing yards, they're 10th. And as we know, if there's one thing that the Bears defense can kind of struggle against, it's those little short passes, building it up. That's something that Washington likes to do, so I'm sure they'll look to attack that. Uh, they've been doing it with, you know, some success this year. They have not been able to run the ball. They're 30th in the league against that. And that's one thing that the Bears defense is just phenomenal at. You usually don't get too much on the ground against them. So I wouldn't expect that to change. And then points per game, you know, they're 10th. They, uh, they've put up 24 points per game in these two games. So, you know, like we said earlier, no slouch. They've been su- surprisingly decent on offense. We'll see if that can continue against the Bears defense. It's a good unit. You know, you get a little bit of tape on Keenum in this offense that you're going to be able to go off of now. You get two full games worth, so we'll see what happens. And then obviously, you know, I'll I'll save y'all, you everyone reading the stats on the Bears defense. You know it's good. You know it's great. Uh, the one thing Are you that sure? they have, yeah, the one thing like we said that they haven't been as great a with is the passing yards allowed they're 12th in the league obviously still pretty good you're still in the top half but you know just not at that dominant level like they are with absolutely everything else so let me you know we talked about it here i wrote it in the outline skin redskins running game fucked they're screwed (laughs) they're not going to get shit on that but it'll it'll come down to can the bears secondary step up put a little pressure on the receivers maybe play up on them uh, you know, we've seen the Redskins. They have taken the they've they've took taken some shots down the field. Uh, I haven't connected and, on much though. No, they really haven't, and that's kind of come down to Keenum's uh, inaccuracy downfield. Yeah, so, no, you know, I maybe you could take some more. Too. You could take some more opportunities. So, I'll ask it to you guys. Do you think the Bears, you know, maybe change up their defensive philosophy, play a little bit tighter on the outside, and can they slow down this passing attack? So, Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm actually, I have the next-gen stats pulled up. So I have Keenum's spray chart, basically similar to baseball spray chart where you show where everyone gets their hits. This is showing where all his passes are thrown and completed. And he is most successful, like you guys have pointed out, from that 10- to 20-yard range and anything in between that. But the one thing that he is most successful, I would say, is he's very good at painting the middle of the field. So those slant routes, those drag routes, stuff like that, um, also on here, he's able to connect on a lot of out routes and you do see a lot of stuff coming out of the backfield. So Aaron, like you said, Smallwood and Thompson probably going to have a pretty busy day. And if you see them in the backfield, they're probably going to be kind of pass. But as far as the deep ball, they don't really have the receivers that can take the top off the defense that could even be that threat. And the way our secondary is, you know, whether we're in man or zone, I don't, I don't really see their receivers being able to create that type of separation. So the short game or the West Coast style offense is probably where the Redskins will find most of their success this week. But when you look at the numbers, you see Keenum throwing 
38 to 45 times a game. We all know how most teams end up finishing that game when their quarterback's throwing that high of times. So, like you guys both said, running game stands no shot. I do not see them getting over 50 yards on the ground any which way, you know, you cut it. But the air game, uh, you know, Keenum's going to be busy and so is the secondary. So it's our job to come away with, Aaron, you pointed out, one interception. I think we need to get more than that. But as far as, I guess you would say, the middle of the field, the linebackers, Roquan Smith, Trevathan, will probably have a busy job trying to, you know, pick up those slant routes and those drag routes coming across the center. So I'm going to go off here and name a couple players that you obviously need to keep an eye on. And you already named Smallwood and you already named Thompson. I'm going to give you uh, one of their wide receivers slash a guy that's been playing some random running back role, which is Steve Simmons Jr. Um, watch out for him on a lot of jet sweeps. Um, watch him back that tape against Dallas. He ran, I think, two to three jet sweeps in that game. So watch that. Um, you obviously got to watch for their – new receiver and Terry McLaren. Um, he's a, he's their deep threat. That's the guy they want to hit deep. That's the guy they want to attack down the field. Um, it, it doesn't work very often for them. So when it comes to somebody watching him, it's probably going to be a lot of fuller and you might see, you know, Eddie Jackson floating around in the middle of the field or ha ha, something like that. Um, and then obviously watch out for um, not Vernon Davis. Cause he's old and, and decrepit. So, oh, no, 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 no. Do not say that about him, Davis. He jumped over an entire man and stiff-armed his way all the way to the end zone for like a 60-yard a week one. Vernon uh, and Davis, that's, Vernon and that's Davis, about it. Vernon Davis still got the juice. That was that was meatball take. <laughs> no, no, it's not a meatball take. It's hot take season there, Brandon. No, but on a serious so, note. Jordan Reed that's not going to play because he can't. He's there, Shaheen. He can't stay off the damn injury cart. That's true. No, but uh, much to the chagrin of last week, we saw Emmanuel Sanders burn us several times with these short throws. The name to watch this week to repeat the same thing for Washington will be Trey Quinn. Um, he was all over the field last week and the week prior. Um, he doesn't get a lot of yards, but he's just all over the middle of the field, and he's the guy that they're going to be dumping a lot of stuff off to other than the running backs. So just expect to see his name around a lot, but... As you said, Brandon, just hopefully you get a lot of Danny Trevathan and Roquan just ready for these plays um, on the inside and a little bit on the out. But that that's it for, for Washington. Like you said, you know, Pat, their run game is completely and utterly fucked. So Fruit, yeah. It's going to be tough for them. Um, I know, you You know, we have the bad, bad memories of Adrian Peterson, but uh, – He's he's still a productive player, but he's not what he once was. And this Bears defense, they just it seemingly doesn't matter what running backs they or what offensive lines they're going against. They just they shut down everyone's run game. So that's definitely not something I would um, worry too much about this week. Um, but yeah, I think you know. And another thing too with this defense is, is that they haven't really been creating the turnovers yet that they were at the pace that they were last year, which was obviously going to be really difficult to do. Um, but I think this is a week that you should probably look for them to maybe register multiple turnovers. You know, maybe the maybe the DBs start to look to ball hawk a little bit. Ha ha! Clinton Dix will have his second homecoming in three weeks as he goes back <laughs> to the place that uh, he, he spent just a, a little bit of time with there in Washington. 
Uh, so maybe he'll look to get on the stat sheet. He likes to uh, he likes to ball hawk a little bit, so we'll see what he can do. Um, Eddie Jackson, a bit of a quiet start to the season for him as well. Um, so, you know, just looking for some guys to, you know, get on the stat sheet, pat those stats a little bit. That's what this defense is all about, get turnovers. Um, Chuck Pagano has been known in the past for creating interceptions, so we'll see. Uh, Keenum's been a little inaccurate this year, so... That's a that's a spot where the Bears can really start turning around. You get those short fields after turnovers and, you know, get the offense rolling just because you give them good field position. But other than that, you know, I think I think you know what you're going to get out of this defense week in and week out. They're not going to get a whole lot. They're only allowing, you know, again, small sample size, but they're only allowing um, 12 points per game so far. And that is insane, you know. So I'll ask you guys, do – do they give up over under 13 points to the uh, to the Skins offense this week? Ooh, I'm going to say I, I hate saying it, but I'm going on the over this week um, because I think this is going to be a game that I won't say the score yet. But I think when it comes down to it, they're going to get some BS garbage time touchdown. And when I say they, I say Washington because it'll just be that they'll be up and they'll get something. So it'll it'll they'll be over it, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go out and say it's probably going to be over. And, Pat, I don't quote me on it, but I guarantee you the number they just spit out is probably close to the actual number for the line that you can bet on the Redskins. So probably if your day job doesn't work out, look into that as a second career. (laughs) Yeah, and Pat, 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 the line setter Comiskey. I'm going to look it up on SPN or wherever the hell I can find it and see – uh, what the predicted point total is for the Redskins, and get back to you on that. Yeah, I See, mean, hey, I I gave you that. Uh, I gave you as close <laughs> to a per- predicted s- score last yeah. week as I could there. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, you were pretty. I mean, fourteen points. I yeah, like like Aaron said at the end of the day, it's it's uh, with Keenum out there and and the way that he's able to sling it. I just think fourteen is probably what they're going to end up with at the very minimum. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think some of it too will have to do with how 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 this offense performs. Like you know, if the offense were better last week, the Bears probably maybe don't give up that touchdown at the end because you could tell they gave up that yeah. touchdown because they were gassed. So yeah, if the offense and that, and, can stay on the field, you know, it'll just bode better for the defense. And that's something that dating back to the preseason, even though not you know those guys aren't really playing. As a whole, since the beginning of this season, training camp included, time of possession has been an issue. The defense has been out there a lot longer than they should have. The offense is getting three and outs. They're not complimenting. They're not extending drives. They're not keeping themselves out for five, six, seven, eight-minute drives. You, you know, you want to score every time you get the ball. The fact, you know, the reality is that's going to happen unless you're the Chiefs. But for us, we need to be able to – you know, extend drives, not keep Pat O'Donnell out there more than Mitch Trubisky because that's what it's been so far this season. So Yeah, and the last thing I just wanted to put out there for this, um, you know, game two is for for the defense, and I mentioned this previously, and I've said this a lot through the offseason. Like I said, we do need to create more turnovers. I did go on record saying that I believe this season – it's not more of a regression for the defense. It's I think this is different. I think they end up with more sacks than they did last year, but I think the interceptions go down, but this is a game where they need to hike them up. Um, I think this is a prime opportunity against who they're facing. 
And I, I'd like to just see, I, I really just want to see a ha-ha pick six in, in Washington, and I also want to see one later in, this year in Green Bay, just for my own general feels. But I think this is a game for for them to truly turn this around, and this is a time for them to get that time of possession up, just like Brandon said. Absolutely, you know. I... Yeah. yeah it... Go ahead. And with the defense, too, you guys have both brought it up. You know, they haven't been – they've been great, not overly spectacular. Obviously, the one area that we would like to see improvement in is the uh, turnover area. But if you look back at the numbers as far as tackles, like Jackson, he had 10 tackles this week. But I don't remember exactly where I heard it from in the media. But, you know, since he didn't have one of his signature plays, fumble, interception, anything like that, I thought he played like shit. So they just need – you know, the defense – is predicated off of the turnovers they create. You have to look at it as, from an offensive standpoint, offenses have just given us the ball last year. They, as NFL coaches and NFL players, had to reel back the game plan and try and figure out some of the ways to beat it. So the Bears now, in turn, have to do that same thing and put themselves in the position to make those plays. But things like Khalil Mack strips, those are just acts of God. Those just happen. So... We'll see. We'll see what we can do as far as getting to the quarterback this week, making him get rid of the ball. But those DBs aren't getting the same opportunities that they were last year to pick off as many passes, in my opinion, from looking at it. So what I wanted to say really quick in that is I feel like that's a just a trend in the NFL right now. I, I don't feel like a lot of teams are giving up the ball in, yeah. in these first two weeks. I feel like it's very minimal. But, I mean, the last thing I want to mention for this um, – and I think this is a better way to uh, name this defense is they're not the way they have been, but they are very stout. They're very yeah. stout against the run and they're stout against the pass. They're just not being spectacular with the turnover aspect, whether that's interceptions or fumbles. They're just a stout defense and a good one you want to consistently see out there. Yeah, and they're, and they're controlling everything that they can control. The offense is going to do what the offense is going to do. But, you know, I, I, I just – it's tough for them to go out there and give their all in a game like the Green Bay game where they're only giving up 10 points and lose. But my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. But, yeah, I mean, as, as we kind of look at it, you know, it seems like there's two themes going into this from the Bears and the offensive side of the ball. It's they. This is an opportunity to throw the ball down the field, start getting Mitch some confidence, and you look on the defensive side of the ball – it's going to be some opportunities to get the turnover game rolling. Uh, you know, the turnovers with a defense is kind of something. It's like once you kind of once you get a few, you kind of get on a roll. It's a confidence thing you start looking for a little bit. So maybe you know, maybe this is a week where you can kind of get the ball rolling too on taking it away from the other team. And you know, that's something too that can help the help the offense, like we said. So you know, that'll that's pretty much it for you know the the preview of the two sides of the ball going at one another before we dive into our uh, predictions for this week, we're going to bring back one of our segments from our pilot episode and we're going to do a little bears trivia. Oh, so shit. I, so I again will put Aaron and Brandon through the ringer on a little bears trivia. We have, you know, we have a little uh, bears Redskins history thrown into this since it is Washington Redskins week. Um, if you guys listen to our first episode, Brandon did take the victory over Aaron the first time. So, so yeah, naturally. So, um, 
football guy. So Aaron will look to even the score against Brandon and kind of get himself to one and one like the Bears are. So Brandon, since you won week, since you won the first, I will, I'll leave it up to you if you want to go first or if you want Aaron to go first. Like college overtime, I'm going on defense first, buddy. There you go. So any questions that are missed will will be the other person will have the opportunity to steal. We have three questions for each. They'll each be worth one point. Should there be a tie, we'll find a way to tie break it. I actually forgot to write a tiebreaker, but <laughs> um, if you guys tie, I'll come up with something. All right. So Aaron, you won't are you need ready? It. Yeah, Aaron, are you ready for your first question? Yeah, go ahead. All righty. The last time the Bears and the Redskins played was Christmas Eve 2016. Jay Culler was out with an injury. Who was the Bears' starting quarterback for that game? 2016. 2016 would have... Oh, man. It was a bad year. It was a really bad year. <sighs> that was the year of, like, three quarterbacks, wasn't it? We I'm drawing a blanks on the names, though. You are correct. Did that game alone have three court? No, because Jay just missed that game entirely, right? Yeah, he was already out. Damn. Oh, I hate this. I'm on a time frame, aren't I? I'm going to fucking lose this. I always feel like the pressure. I- I'm going to have to forfeit my question here. Not even a guess? I can't think of the names. I'm I'm straight up drawing blanks on, on who the quarterbacks were that year. Can All I, right. Well, can I ask one Brandon question? Then. It wasn't. Was, it, it's not. It's not. Um. It wasn't uh, Caleb Haney. I know that was before that. Was, was the ago. Was the game a win or a loss? Oh, it was a loss. It was a loss. Uh, Brian Brian Hoyer. It was not Brian Hoyer. It was Matt Barkley. Ah, I was I was torn between McCown and uh, Hoyer, and if it was a win, I was going to be like McCown. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we'll throw Brandon his first question. This will stick with the theme of Bears Redskins. The Bears and Redskins have played each other seven times since two thousand four, which I kind of thought was that's low, a decent amount. Uh, you know, I if yeah, fifteen years only seven times, um, but. In those seven years, or excuse me, in those years and the seven games they've played, what is the Bears' record? So they lost in 2016. Yeah, we gave you that one. So, <laughs> so that's one. And they played, they had to have played at some point either last year. They, no, they didn't. I don't know. I'm going to go out and say they've played how many games? Eight or seven. Seven. Seven? Yep. Five and two? With the Bears winning five? Yeah. That is incorrect. Aaron? You said since 04 and they played seven times? Yeah. They haven't. I, I, honestly, I can't remember one time beating them. So I'd say Bears are 0 and 7. I didn't think anyone would get this, but yeah, the Bears are zero and seven in their last seven against the Redskins. Because I can remember, dog shit. I don't remember what cornerback it was the year. Fred Smoot, maybe. I know <laughs> no, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, man. off four times. Yeah. Oh, it's oh my god! I'm well-known corner cornerback, but I can't it think is. of it either. Oh. Sean Springs. No. no. 
A little no. newer than that. Um. No, I'm. Oh shit! Now I gotta. Yeah, you'll think Bashad, about... Bashad Breland. No, 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 that's too recent. <laughs> was that what game was that one? That was. What year was that one? I think that was. Was that the sixth? No, that wasn't 2016. No, because that was the one Jay you said didn't play. That was Matt Barkley. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, let's stop. Go ahead. Yeah, let's dive into question two then while you, uh, search for. Yeah, and that kind of bugs me too because I can can picture the guy. But the Bears obviously have a storied history of quarterbacks. Who holds the team record for most passing yards in one season? Aaron. Uh, for Bears, you were saying? Yeah. Yep. Passing yards in one season. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to sound like an asshole because I'm just going to go with it, but Jay? Jay is second, third, fourth, and fifth, but he is not first. Wow. Brandon? Second, not much. Not, not much else to work with. Uh I don't know which way to which way to go, but I guess I kind of have to say, man, I don't know who else it would be because they didn't really pass. Yeah. It's been a run team. This one comes from the 1995 season. It was not Jim McMahon, by the way. The, from Muir. the 1995 <laughs> season where he threw 3,838 passing yards, Eric Kramer. Oh, I had his jersey, bro. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> All right. I is always good season too. All right, Brandon, your second question. Need this one to tie Aaron up after two rounds. Who holds the Bears team record for most receiving yards in one season? Would it be your guys' personal favorite, number 15, Brandon Marshall? It would be a personal favorite in number 15, Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Brandon Marshall set that record in the 2012 season when he had 1,508 receiving yards. Yeah, he's, he, he, he got a yeah. lot of years with 1,500 yards but never played in the playoffs. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, you know, it's almost like there's a not a coincidence there. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is correct with Brandon Marshall. <laughs> So after two rounds, you guys are tied up at one. So let's throw it back Aaron's way for his third question. Oh, boy. There has not been much playoff success for the Bears lately. Who is the last team that they beat in the playoffs? Oh, the last team they beat in the playoffs uh, would have been... Is that New Orleans? Is that what you're going to roll with with a final answer? Because that was 06. That would have been the last time that they were in the playoffs. Or not 06. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Fuck it. Hail Mary. New Orleans? Yeah. New Orleans is incorrect. Fuck me. Brandon, can you steal it? Yeah, so they had to win to get to the 2012 NFC Championship game, I think it would have been, is the year they played the Packers. The year they played the Packers was 2010. 
or it's 2010, my bad. Yeah, 2012, they were like 8 and 8. So, yeah, 2010, and it wasn't the Saints. Ooh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking who was good then. Uh, I feel like they may have beaten. Was it the. F- no, nah, it wasn't the Eagles. Fuck. Oh, no. This is tough. I'm like thinking Kurt Warner might have still been, you know, working his way in there, maybe in Arizona. Uh, but it wasn't the Cardinals. Was it the uh, what the Seahawks? Is that going to be your final answer? I mean, I might as well run with it. Well, yeah, run away with it. That's the correct answer. Let's the go! Seahawks in oh, yeah, let's go! Yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, it was Seattle, and the Bears beat up on a little bit. Uh, Matt Forte had himself a day, yeah. So that was the last team that they have beaten the playoffs. Um, yeah, well, before that, it was New Orleans, though. That, yeah, you I, did that have it right. You just answer. forgot about the 2010 season. Answer. Yeah, that would have been my answer if I would have went first. I actually, like, when you said New Orleans, I laid my mic on mute, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Brandon, your last question. You're up 2-1, to one, but Aaron it's does still there. have hope because if he steals this one, well, you'll find yourself tied. Alrighty, so sticking with a playoff theme, the Bears have played, because we are going to the playoffs this year, the Bears have played this NFC team eight times in the playoffs, more times than they have played any NFL team in the playoffs. Name that team. Is there a year that started? or like uh... Since the beginning of football. At least since the beginning of the Bears. So these 100 seasons. So... To play just any form of playoff game, essentially. Uh, it's the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins is this, they have played them seven times. Oh, there is a team they have played one more time. Aaron, can you steal it? <sighs> you said how many times was it? Eight times. Eight? Okay, so you said Redskins was seven. Uh, the only other team that I can think of, I mean, obviously, it's got to be a team that's been around for quite some time. Um, and other than the Packers, there would be the New York Football Giants. That is that the team you want to go with? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants. That is correct. They have played the Giants eight times. They are five and three in those eight games, which does bring us to a tie, which I stupidly did not prepare ourselves for. So let's take a little win. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this day in football history, the Bears beat the Redskins 73 to nothing. And that's where I got my answer. So and the (laughs) NFL championship game, which I think to date is the biggest blowout victory uh, in NFL history, so Aaron, yeah. any what? thoughts? Any thoughts on that game? Probably no, no footage on it. Just, just some good old black and white photos. Probably a great fantasy football game, if you ask me, for that scoreboard. I mean, could you imagine going out there and getting popped off seventy-three to nothing in any form of football? No. Pee wee all the way up to the NFL. That's tough. No, that's that's very unfortunate. 
Um, yeah. Not a good time. It's Not crazy, time. too, because I don't think in our lifetime we've seen the Bears play the Redskins or the Giants at any point during the playoffs. <laughs> uh, in our lifetime, I don't think so. Yeah, I was going to no. say it. No, no, I'm going to uh, – no. Technically, I mean, depends I mean, on I'm, when the, the – I'm, tw- I'm 25. I didn't uh, – Well, yeah, no, you didn't, but they did play the Giants back in um, 1990. But if that was in 1990, not the 1990 season, then, yeah, no, then I wouldn't have been born yet. Yeah, so – not so some probably recent, not. <laughs> not recent success franchises, ourselves included. Well, that's what I'm just saying. That's that's where I come up with, you know, I think of the Giants because they've been around for quite some time, you know, so. All right, gentlemen, we do I'm have. Find who the hell, uh, who the hell it was that picked off Jay that many times at one game, man. I can't, I cannot think of it still. Are we doing sudden death style, kind of like a buzz in and first person gets it, or do we each get a question here? I think you we guys... both get a question. Yep, we'll we'll do, we'll roll. With you both get a question. Run it. Alrighty. Alrighty. Uh, oh, I found out who it is. Who is it? D'Angelo Hall. That's, oh yeah, uh, that's yeah. tough. I hate to it. see how his career ended with him talking all that shit to DeAndre Hopkins on uh, Hard Knocks, and then he just broke his shit, just buckled. <laughs> all right, I got one. All right, all right. So let's du- let's jump right into this tiebreaker. Um, after a brief search, we are ready to go because I stupidly didn't prepare ourselves for such a scenario. However, we're back. So we talked about, so this first question will go to Aaron. Uh, We talked earlier about how the Bears are on a seven-game losing streak to the Washington Redskins. The last time they won, who was the Bears' starting quarterback? Shit, that's been a long time that they've played. Um, I I really hope you get this one, otherwise I'm going to bear you. You're going to what? I hope you get this one, otherwise I'm going to bear you. <laughs> Why do you want to bury me? Yeah, I'm gonna get this one right, hopefully. No, you get a different question. Well, he can't. You're gonna let him steal it? Yeah, like a thief in the night, like a thief in the night, bro. Like a thief in the night. Oh man. Let me let me dive back into my brain here. Because I think it's even, obviously you said they haven't beaten them in seven times since 04, but I think it's been even longer, right? Since they technically beat them. Um, I think it would go back to 03 with uh, Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman is correct. Sexy Rexy. Sexy Rexy there for you, Brandon. And we are the premier Grossman podcast for that reason and that reason only. That's right, that's right. All right, so yeah, there we go. So, Brandon, you will have to get this question correct. All righty, Brandon, like we said, you're going to need this question to at least send it into a second round of a tiebreaker. So, Aaron got the – he got the Bears versus – Redskins trivia, you are going to get another playoff trivia. 
We all remember that 2006 team and their trip to the Super Bowl. A dominant defense and a so-so offense. Sound familiar? Going back to that Super Bowl and that dominant defense, in that one game against the Indianapolis Colts, who was the Bears' leading tackler? For Super Bowl 41? Yes, sir. Is it Lance Briggs? Well, boy, oh boy, do I get to go find two new questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, hey, Pat, I don't know if you know, but I was at that game, bro. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I forgot all about that. <laughs> I was I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, they're definitely going to, he's, he's probably going to guess well, we can, her uh, But You can share the picture of me and Johnny crying in the concourse after on the Bears on Tapacano, send it over. <laughs> yeah, send that over. Yeah, we definitely need that. Ah. Uh-huh. Do we need to just go to a sudden death question? Nah, I got, I got one ready to go for you. Oh boy! And this this is gonna come from the same stat line, just out of for ease. All right, Aaron, you yeah. your next question in round two of the tiebreaker. Same avenue as Brandon's question. Lance Briggs led that led the Bears in tackles in Super Bowl Forty One. Who on that team came in second in tackles in that game? Oh, well, obviously you're trying to throw me for a loop here and make me think it's probably Erlach because you threw his name out there. Um, man, that's tough. But tackles, I, I mean... I hate to do it, but because I'm going to be wrong, I, I kind of got to go Erlacher in that front. It is not Brian Erlacher. Is it going to? Can you steal? He's going to steal it too. Such a dick. Now I'm not a hundred percent on this one, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Abilene Christian graduate Daniel Manning. It is not Daniel Manning. It is our personal favorite, Charles. Rex Roseman? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he was the Colts' best defensive player that day. Yeah. Oh, damn. All right, so Brandon, you will have an opportunity to win it here, or Aaron, you will if you can steal it. Who, uh, who, who did it end up being? What's that? Was the second leading tackler. Oh, Charles Tillman. Oh, tough. Yeah. The other big name. <laughs> See, but for these questions, I never usually think of, like, the big name first because I feel like asking a question with one of the big name guys is just not our. It's, that's why I didn't want to yeah. go. Like, so I'm like, I'm, like, thinking of all the, like, other guys on the defense trying to figure out who it could be. Well, and I wanted that's why to ask- that's why I wanted to go fucking like a DT at the time, but I was like, I don't know if that's right either, because you normally not you're not getting that many tackles at defensive, you know, on the defensive line. Tommy here finishes with twelve. Let's run this last question though. I'm trying to win. I need this. Whatever. Yeah. Let me find one. You ain't starting two and zero. I'm gonna take this shit and run with it, and then we're gonna have to go to a sudden death. All right, Brandon, you can win it with this question if you can answer it quickly or. 
Well, you know, quickly was good all. too just at this all. point. Uh, but correctly, <laughs> um, going back to the Redskins versus Bears history, these two teams met again December thirteenth, twenty fifteen. Not that twenty sixteen game that we were talking earlier. Of course, it was yet another Bears loss in the John Fox era. In that game, the Bears allowed 24 points to the Washington Redskins. Sticking with a theme from earlier, who was the Bears' leading tackler in that game? 2015. 2015. Ooh, buddy. Uh, damn, I don't know if that was the year that Freeman got that, uh, Jarrell Freeman got his PD suspension. I'm going to say, yeah, I'll just say Jarrell Freeman. I don't even know if he was playing at that point. <laughs> Dude, our defense, our defense was so bad. Incorrect. Aaron, <laughs> for the win. She said, what, you're 2015? Yeah. God, that defense, like you said, was dog shit. Um and someone like that. Uh, I mean, like, I remember, like, what, who do we have at the time? It was, like, McClellan was still here. That Was that the first year of Amos? It was Amos' yeah. first year. Obviously, he would have been young. Flair would have been around. You know who I do remember? And because and, there, there really isn't many big names, but he was always around the ball. Um, I mean, the two guys I always think of is Willie Young and Lamar Houston. Um so it's got to be one of them, I would believe. So. Oh, oh no, no, no. I know. I think I know who it is. Is it, is it Lamar Houston? No, right. Just say who oh, you got to say. Finally have a winner. Aaron. Fuck you coming in the clutch. <laughs> so there we have it after a long, a longer Bears <laughs> trivia than we anticipated. Aaron is inevitably our winner there, and that brings him and him and Aaron, or him and Brandon are now tied up on the year as they're one and one. We'll uh, we'll probably continue this into our uh, preview episode next week, but uh, as we wrap this up, we'll just do our one thing and we'll we'll get ourselves out of here, gentlemen. Prediction time. What's going to happen with Bears Redskins this week? I'll let Brandon start this one off since he took the L in this uh, trivia session. So, Brandon, why don't you start us off? Uh, in the traditional semi-annual by Rex Grossman Bowl, I do have the Bears <laughs> win 24-10. to 10. Ooh. Oh. And, Ooh. And yet you said over on the 13 points allowed by the Bears earlier, but 24-10. Uh, I'm, real, I'm reeling it back. I'm reeling it back. <laughs> there you go. Aaron? Um, I'm going to go with a 28 to 17. Wonderful. Bears. And Brandon, you, uh, Brandon, you were all over where I was at, uh, coming in. I I wrote it down earlier. Actually, I have the bears winning this one 23 to 10. So, uh, we're pretty much right on top of each other on that one. Uh, but we all, all of us have the bears defeating Washington on Monday night football we all kind of have the Bears offense coming out of its shell a little bit, too. So uh, who's, hopefully who's the we're first right. one scoring, guys? Who's the first uh, receiving touchdown? 
Receiving? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what that is. There's, there um, has to be a, a receiving touchdown to occur for there to be a first. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. Who's going to be the first one? Uh, I don't even know if there will be one. Really? That's a thing. Huh? Okay. I'll, I'll go Anthony Miller. Okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna not put out an expectation so that when it doesn't happen, I won't be pissed. But if, hey, Mitch, if you hear this, throw like three of them things. Prove me wrong. Adam Shaheen, baby, I'm riding that train still. Give me some Bradley Sewell. Just give yeah. me one of the, yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. That, gonna... that train is out of coal, Aaron. Uh... <laughs> and he looked so. flat on that one nice catch he had. He fucking dudded out and fell flat on his face. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Getting just shoelace tackled. Yeah, it, it is. can't be a big boy touchdown too now because he's actually a tight end, so it's kind of tough. Right. Yeah. So I just thought I But anyways, uh. That's there. You have it. We all have the Bears winning this week. Hopefully, we're right. We don't want more than anything. Uh, no one likes to be wrong, and we don't want to see the Bears lose. So uh, that will do it for this week's episode of Bears on Tap. Remember, uh, your it'll be a Sunday less Bears. Uh, enjoy some other games of football. Maybe watch a little baseball too if you like. But uh, no Bears Sunday. But your Monday night will be filled with the beloved Chicago Bears. Enjoy it. And as always, bear down.